So therefore, be proud to be a decent American rather than be just a wanker whipping up fear. Because you're supposed to tackle people, you're supposed to hit people at pace and hit them hard as part of the game. It's not chess we're playing. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f he wants. Hello everybody and welcome along to WTS 104, What's the Story podcast, chapter 104, coming to you from Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel, fabulous surroundings up here, the summer weather just makes it look unreal. Sounds great when you say WTS 104. Yeah. Go to com for more. My name is Danny Murray. My name is Graham Merrill Merrigan. Alright. How are you Dan? Tremendous man, tremendous. What you do all week? Uh, I just tried my best not to melt in the heat and then the heat died down um, allegedly I'm finding uh, uh, sleeping conditions very very irritable yeah yeah. I've actually and some people think this is disgusting um, <laughs> namely my significant other but I've uh, taken to a light spray of Febreze on the sheets before I get in so that they're kind of moist but also smell nice <laughs> I that, love it that helps me keep cool but also not smell a Benji <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. which which flavor Febreze? Which uh, scent? scent. Um, I think it's jasmine and something else. I like the cinnamon one. I've never used the cinnamon one. Yeah, I've got it in my car. I must give that a bash because I love a bit of oh, man a cinnamon. Remember the cinnamon buns in in DMGM oh, in Vegas? God, they were ginormous. Oh, they were buns. They were bleeding big. Oh, cake, ten people, ten, oh, ten person cake. They were the size of my head. And I'm sure you've seen my head by now, lads. It's the icing on it. Oh. There's a little pizzeria in the MGM food court in Las Vegas. And if you go there for breakfast, they do these cinnamon buns that, quite frankly, are ludicrous. Yeah. They, they should come with a health warning. Can you that, get cinnamon buns over here? You can, yeah. Well, just, you get, just the ba- baby, baby cinnamon yeah, buns. Yeah, not, in not comparison. standard. And you'll get a cinnamon swirl. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. They're Danish. But, uh... No, they're similar to a Danish, but they're not Danish. I want one now. I am actually starting at food before we start recording. Oh, so I'm right. starving, man. Um, I was yeah. talking about uh, the Putin interviews last week, briefly. I haven't finished them yet. Oh, I finished yeah. them. I thought they were absolutely... I think it's must-watch television. I'd agree with you. And then I found out today, um, one of the lads in work on his break was watching Putin. I went over and said, what the hell is that? And it was Putin's Q&A that he does with the people of Russia. Well, Russia, the phone-in, the annual phone-in. Does it phone-in. every year, the annual yeah. phone-in. It's amazing. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. But the thing that I found interesting with Oliver Stone, with him doing the Oliver Stone interviews, was any time you'd listen to a politician in Ireland or you listen to a politician in the States or England, you know they're... Giving you a spin answer. Giving you spin answers. Putin's just so quick and he doesn't really give you a spin. Doesn't really mince his words. I don't. No, think, it doesn't mince his words. That's what I, I mean. I don't think he. Really well, it could be Spain, but yeah, I, but I don't think he really cares what people think. Like. No, he doesn't. And like the perfect example, and I'm not saying I agree with him. I'm not saying I'm I not saying I agree with him. I just yeah. find him fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, he is. But not in a kind of like I'm his mate kind of way. In a kind of you yeah, know. I don't know what it is. It's intriguing. It's yeah. it's definitely must watch television because you don't get to see kind of the real Putin. You only hear. Because we're kind of 
engrossed in if you if you're watching the news channels over here we're kind of engrossed in kind of western propaganda so to speak yeah yeah and their kind of their picture that they paint of putin and you kind of don't get you don't even get to hear putin talk much but then when you have these interviews you're kind of going yeah oh but that's i think that's part of the 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 interest in it as well because intrigue when you hear somebody like Putin speak now, it's always on a news channel and it's done with an agenda. Whereas this was done across four episodes where a bloke sat down with him. And yeah, like, look, he, he obviously has to take a particular tone with him. But at the same time, he does challenge him on things. Like, mm. You know, which I was kind of interested in. I was kind of like... He's saying, very comfortable in his challenges as well. Yeah, he definitely seemed... Like the bit where... Um, there, there was at, bits though where he was kind of going uh, he panders to him a little he bit he panders yeah because yeah, there was bits where to kind of cover up uh, not to cover up but to kind of uh, be comfortable in asking the question he would either start or end with the West perceives yeah yeah. he was like you know we the West in, in the US we're told this is what have you, you do watched, and um, that do have you watched Oliver Stone's uh, Untold History of America yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think it's a 10-part series. Yeah, that's most, most watched television it, as it well. Actually, I would say almost watch that and then watch the Putin interview. Actually, I'd say you could watch the Putin interviews and then watch that, actually. Um, but watch the two of them because it'll give you a kind of idea of how Oliver Stone... Like, Oliver Stone is a... a I really a, like Oliver he, Stone. Like he, he's a war veteran himself. Like, he's not... Didn't know, you know Yeah, Vietnam he served in. Have you watched Snowden? The movie he directed. I didn't watch Snowden, no. no and then when they were talking Snowden. about Snowden in the yoke, then I was like, I must watch that. Yeah. yeah. Um... Because in in Snowden the movie, yeah, Heat Snowden reveals that America, um, even though Japan is one of their biggest allies, yeah, but they do have the power to switch all the lights off in Japan, yeah. And Snowden was kind of giving them the reason to do that, or yeah. showing them how to do that. It's crazy. Like. That's baffling. Crazy. Like, and like the the new Cold War these days now is a cyber war. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, the day before the Russian elections, uh, America, well, allegedly America, mm. um, the electricity went in kind of government buildings, the yeah, Ministry of yeah. Defense in Russia. So then that's why, or that's why even Obama and uh, Biden are saying that that's why Russia retaliated and they think Russia were involved in the whole Trump yeah. thing. How how are they saying that? What did he? What are they saying that Russia did in the presidential election? The, there's a couple of different things. Um, so part of it is that they liaised with um, Trump's camp in order to try and make sure that the Democrats didn't get ahead and didn't get what they want. How though? I don't know how. I don't know. The, yeah. the other part of it is that they, they straight up just hacked into voter databases to manipulate figures for votes. Like, Really? So, but isn't it all paper? But it's... See, this... And I suppose part of it is because the investigation is ongoing that like some of the devil in the detail hasn't come out yet. Yeah. And Which is why I'm terribly just, confused. Yeah, part of it is just down to me not reading enough into it. Because Clinton know, came out and said without it... <clears throat> Hillary came out and said without it, though... Vladimir Putin no. rigged this election. I'm going, I'm going well, to go to, hell. Like, but, well, I mean, from her point of view, the release of the emails. You know what I mean? Mm. Like the Russians hacked her email and released emails that were damaging to her, like ultimately. You know what I mean? So, for example, that email that she sent about Syria and about basically starting a war in Syria, like that damaged her big time. Oh, yeah, you big know? time. Bigly, as Trump would say. 
But yeah. no, it's it's fucking most watched television, man. It really is. Yeah, I just wish Bernie had got in. It's just in, I wish Bernie got in, and yeah. I wish Jeremy Corbyn got in in England. Yeah, two lads would be great together. They would. It would have made a great TV show, wouldn't it? Jeremy and Bernie. Yeah. yeah. But I think I think I think if Corbyn had. Because it was a snap election and there was the, the the minimum amount of time you can give before um, going yeah, to yeah. the polls. I reckon if he was given another three or four weeks, particularly with the... Two weeks. Two, two weeks, weeks, I think. Because he, he only lost by 2,225 votes. That's how much he lost by. No, it was more than that. That's what I read. No, it was more. Definitely. 2,225 is what I read. No, couldn't have been. Because 100%, that's what I read. Because I remember... No, but sure, think about it. Like the like the percentage points alone were a couple of percent, and that's a couple of percent of the English population or the British population. It wasn't done. It was the, the seats, though. There was he, the yeah, Conservatives won by about thirty or forty seats. Yeah, it's first past the post. So they could have only system. won each seat by a hundred votes or something each. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how much weight I'd put on that to be honest with you. I would look because you have to remember over there they don't have the same system we have. They have first past the post. So mm. essentially, once somebody hits the figure, they hit the figure, like, and that's it, they're in. There's no transfer of votes, there's no nothing, like. Jeremy Corbyn was just 2,227 votes from to be Prime Minister, The Guardian. The Guardian, NME, Telegraph, Independent. But what are they basing that off, is what I'm asking you, like. I don't know, um, that's all I read. Was just 227 votes away from being Prime Minister. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn uh, away from being Prime Minister in the general election analysis of marginal seats has revealed if the Labour leader had won seven seats narrowly taken by the Conservatives he would have had the opportunity to form a progressive alliance there you go right so they're basing it off seven marginal seats as opposed to basing it off the entire parliament yeah so it's still it's still valid though well, no, it's not, no. because the Conservatives won by more than seven seats. No, it's still valid so to the argument if you gave him another two or three weeks on the on the. Oh, no, that, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that. Yeah, 100% yeah. I'm agreeing with you on that. That he would have out, outdone the 2,300 100% no, I'm agreeing with you there. If, yeah. Like, the, the longer that campaign went on, the worse it got for Theresa May. 100%. Oh, big time. I'm agreeing with you there, but what I'm saying is that that's not entirely representing the facts, that 2,227 voting. What that's saying is it's skewing it and saying these marginal seats... He could have become a Prime Minister by he could have because minority what, government. Exactly. Yeah, if he had formed like a rainbow coalition yeah, almost, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So what what it's kind of doing is it's kind of dangling a carrot in front of you and saying like in the right circumstances, this is all it would have taken mm. for Corbyn to have the balance of power and not. Because then you would have had a case where... I was only using that stat to my argument to say... Um, Give him two or three more uh, weeks. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I was I only using it for that. Sorry, I thought you meant that. Like the article had said that, like that's not a majority government. Yeah, around. that's sorry. No. That's what and I. And I didn't mean that. I just meant yeah. I was using that argument uh, to say if he was given another three weeks, even that the, the, the horrible disaster in the Greenfield Tower thing. Oh God, gotcha, that's like Theresa May handled that disgracefully. Yeah, it's insulting to those people. And to it's, be honest, it's, I don't. It's, like, it's flashbacks to fucking Hillsborough nearly. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. It, like how could somebody get something so wrong Ugh. on so many fronts on, on so, so, so many, many fronts. fronts but anyway I reckon the British will be going back uh, to the polls by September I just have a feeling and I, I, think, I think I think there's I think an appetite for it now as well I think they'll stumble through they'll make it through this year I think to be honest you with think you think with stumble. the DUP I think they'll fucking they'll bounce off every wall like a drunk fella coming home and they'll stumble in the door to be met by an angry partner 
he said enough's enough and that's <laughs> it and we're done and then they'll ha- it'll, it'll all fall down and big go. time all fall down especially with the DUP and the Twitter reaction to the Brits British public finding out who the DUP are are oh, absolutely it's, hilarious. It's, hilarious it's it's a sentiment it's a it shows that the British people don't really know mm. what's going on in Northern Ireland yeah uh, we'll hear the, we'll, anyways we'll, yeah <laughs> but anyway what do you say we move on to our guest yeah um, we've had this guest on previously and we got a great reaction to her then, so we're bringing her back. So our guest this week is um, climate scientist, friend of the earth, and the award-winning Verdant Yank, and um, the woman who introduced us to Facebook Live, which is what we're doing now, uh, Dr. Cara Gustenborg. Thanks for coming back to us. Oh, good to be back. Nice yeah. to see you guys. Um, I'm distracted by the camera. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of, it, it's mad now, because, right, because people are going to either watch this or listen to it. So people who are listening can go back and watch the video. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's all good, lads technology uh, it's getting the better of everybody crazy it yeah. is it's always climate change <laughs> it does straight yeah. in no kissing all right Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> straight in no kissing Just straight in. that's right. always that's climate how, change that was almost aggressive how you that's went how for that. we, we need a little climate foreplay here yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um right so you were saying a couple of minutes ago before we started recording all that that uh coffee and climate change aren't getting on Right. What's so, happening? People uh, Guardian, aren't going to like this. Yeah. Guardian article today saying the quality of coffee and the total yield of coffee could decline by 60% as a result of climate change, just because it's going to get harder to grow food in general, but coffee is particularly susceptible because it grows in places like Ethiopia yeah. um, and Brazil and places that are going to be very hard hit by climate change. 60%. Yes. My hair's not that hair's got a shit, man. <laughs> so what'll happen then? I'll have to like, what'll all the, what'll drink other the, things. The cost is going to go up. What'll yeah, Starbucks yeah. do and all that? Yeah, well, we can hope that maybe they can start growing coffee in Russia, maybe, when the permafrost melts. Yeah. Well, we were uh, just maybe. talking about Putin. We were just know? talking about Putin, yeah. So maybe, yeah. maybe, Vlad, maybe Vlad's demand to end the coffee struggle. I mean, Russia's the only country in the world, maybe Rus- Russia and maybe Greenland or Iceland, that might do okay as a result of climate change. Greenland, right? Greenland is right. a mad kip. As far, like, when I say kip, we just say that because it's a strange land to me. Right? Do you know on a map the way Greenland looks? It's absolutely huge. huge. Yeah. It's not, though. It's like, in, in real terms, it's smaller than America. Like the United States of America. Mm. But when you look at it on a map, it looks way bigger because everything's distorted on a map because you're looking at a flat picture of a globe. Science. So what's the point? point. My point is that Greenland needs to stop lying to people. About the, the about, size? About size. It's not, you're, you're not a teenage boy, Greenland. Stop lying to people. Size isn't all that matters, though. Exactly. Yes! <laughs> Greenland is globally really important. You know, it's dry. It? Well, it's driving sea level rise globally and climate in general because of the the ice sheet right so greenland is really important so if if the ice goes like tits up yeah if the ice melts in greenland and in places like the antarctic because all that ice is sitting on land yeah so that water rushes off into the sea and then we have sea level rise but another really interesting thing about greenland is all of that cold water is going into the north atlantic and it's causing a a change in in how ocean water circulates and it's causing this thing that is actually called the cold blob the cold cold blob blob, it's a real term i had a dose of the cold blob once (laughs) 
took me weeks to get rid of it. <laughs> what is it? Um, it's just a pooling of cold water in the North Atlantic, but that's changing the ocean circulation because because water circulates based on temperature and salinity. So this be like affecting like the Labrador current and things like that. Well, it's affecting the current just to the north west of us the labrador so, current is the only one i yeah, know but yeah, yeah I um and the overall current that moves from the east coast of america um and then down and around and back up to okay. the to the west coast of ireland so and this is where because the because we're all kind of you know obviously i don't want to say we're not pro climate change as in we believe in climate change and we're kind of saying like shit lads we need to wow the pony on this but i decided this time i'd read some skeptics and oh, the stuff oh. they're saying so that okay. I can try and challenge a scientist. Oh dear. Okay, Boom. sure. Bring so, it on. <laughs> so basically, I'm going to start a fight with you. Oh no. <laughs> You're all prepared this time, and I'm not. Um, no, it's I, I was just because I was reading one or two bits, and I was like, hang on a second, this lad's off his rock. And I kind of know the answer already, but I just thought, you know, just to satisfy the whole people who are going to deny a thing. If, so Greenland, as you said, is really important because the ice is going to melt, and that in theory should make sea levels rise. So why aren't little islands like Ireland drowning? Well, that's a really good question. So sea level doesn't rise uniformly throughout the world. Right. Um, different things like topography, uh, temperature of the water, uh, all sorts of things can, and gravitational pull and everything can affect um, how much sea level rises. So where we are seeing the most sea level rise is in places like the South Pacific Islands and the Equatorial Islands. So okay. places like the Maldives are practically underwater. Like they're, they're really in jeopardy of, of disappearing. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so those low-lying islands in the South Pacific, I mean, already, I can't remember what the number is, but something like 25 or 50 islands have already disappeared. Really? Yeah, it's quite high. I don't remember the exact number, though. Um, Habitable islands? Uh, no, not all ha- habited. Some of the inhabited islands, you, what you're finding now is residents of those islands are buying land on the mainland, like in Australia or New Zealand, with the plan of retreating, that they know their island is going to disappear, so they're getting ready to leave. Okay. Um, and uh, places like the east coast of the United States and uh, the Gulf of Mexico, they are having incredible sea level rise. Um, so, And part of that could be as a result of this cold blob that's changing the circulation. So what you're getting is a pooling of warm water on the east coast of the United States. And warm water takes up more space than cold water. So half of the sea level rise that we're seeing right now is a result of what they call thermal expansion, which is just the water getting warmer. So that's why you see greater sea level rise on the east coast of the United States. And in fact, our water is cooler, probably you know because of the melting of the Greenland ice sheet. So we're not seeing the same kind of sea level rise that other parts of the world are seeing. Question How's that? Question answered. <laughs> <Okay>. Climate annoyers. <laughs> it's mad though. I feel like the, whole, um, <laughs> the whole thing about um, cold water and, and hot water is just I know. fascinating. Yeah. There's yeah. not enough room. Or... And in Ireland in particular, our our weather temperatures are driven by, by ocean temperature quite strongly. So what's happening with the ocean temperature in the North Atlantic will really drive our climate. So we we expect as a result of climate change that Ireland will get warmer, and so far we've seen Ireland warming. But actually, if this cold blob thing strengthens, we might see um, Ireland getting colder if it's driven by that that cold water. So, basically then, (laughs) hot water takes up more space. Yes. 
So the whole freeze contract thing, that's coming back into my brain from like junior cert science is working here, right? So then if hot water takes up more space, why, actually this isn't a, these aren't linked, why aren't we hearing about these islands getting drowned basically? Right? Yeah. Well, we are, so well, I am. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I read no, The Guardian. Do you read The Guardian? I do. Yeah, I, do yeah. I, I, I do sometimes, yeah. but sometimes, and I like The Guardian, but sometimes I find them a little bit sanctimonious yeah. and a little bit too preachy. Yeah. So I go and read The Daily Mail as yeah, a punishment. The Daily Mail. <laughs> and then, you know, that yeah. makes me realize not The Guardian's good. Yeah. Go back. Well, I mean, the most vocal uh, advocates of a strong uh, UN climate agreement. Uh, and by strong, I mean there, there was a lot of debate before the Paris Agreement about whether or not we're trying to stay below 2 degrees of warming or below 1.5 degrees of warming. And the countries that were saying we've got to stay below 1.5 degrees of warming were the countries like the Maldives, like the South Pacific Islands, like Tuvalu, that were saying anything above 1.5 degrees of warming and we are underwater. And right. two degrees is too much for us. So, you know, I mean, the Maldives government held a meeting underwater um, back in, I don't know, around 2007 or 2010 to, to bring global attention to this issue that their country is going to be underwater if we don't tackle climate change. Right. So, so they are well aware of this. And then the U.S. Department of Defense is spending probably more money than any other government department in America trying to save their naval defense systems along the East Coast because they are suffering from sea level rise already and they're trying to raise their entire naval defense systems up as a result of sea level rise. Is, is there a reason that we don't hear about it then, like, as much... Like, all right, the, the Paris climate thing when Trump was acting the MAGA got a lot of attention, but it got a lot of attention for, like, 72 hours. Yeah, it got more attention when Trump left than it did when yeah, 200 yeah. countries agreed to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... Yeah. So, climate change, you constantly hear people say, like, it's the, one of the biggest threats to civilization. But we're just putting our head in the sand and just being like... Da, da, yeah, da, 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 yeah. So, there's a, a lot of speculation as to why that might be. And it could be because the problem is so big and so scary that it's easier to just you know, do our heads in the sand than to face it. I mean, even my seven-year-old daughter the other day said, can you not talk about climate change, mom, because it makes me feel like the world is going to end, you know? So even she doesn't want to talk about it. So uh, it could be, yeah, it's just kind of an unpleasant topic we don't want to deal with. Uh, It could be because it's so complex, so that, you know, everything we do causes climate change, it seems like. And so therefore, how do you even begin to fix the problem? It's just too overwhelming. It could be because uh, a lot of advertisers or people like car companies uh, in the media, you know, that are advertising in newspapers and in media. And so there's maybe an interest with the media to to keep those advertisers keen and not be talking about the fact that we need to get out of our cars or we need to stop buying fossil fuel or flying or whatever it is that they're selling. Um, Yeah, it could be because it's, it's... complicated scientifically i've had big top name journalists say to me i know climate change is the most important uh problem the world has ever faced but i don't talk about it because i feel shaky about the science i'm afraid i'll get called out i won't know if if someone denies climate change i won't have the answers like but that's them being lazy surely yeah but you know like go and learn lots it's science and maybe i mean how many times have you heard people talk about uh we have we can't warm the earth more than two percent when actually it's two 
two degrees. A lot mm. of journalists would say two percent. It's not two percent. It's two degrees. Two degrees you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like basic things like that, they don't want to look foolish. You know. Yeah. Um, How serious is it of the United States pulling out of the Paris Agreement? That's a, a good question. It's. Um, it's serious in that the U.S. is a, a big contributor to greenhouse gas emissions, and therefore, if we want to tackle climate change, we need the U.S. to decrease emissions. But given the fact that Donald Trump got elected, and we all know that Donald Trump was never going to attempt to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, like that was never part of his election policy, it's actually a good thing that they're not at the table. So if he had stayed at the table, he would have given America the impression that they were still involved in the Paris Agreement and everything was yeah. going well, when in fact what he would have done was obstruct action, make it difficult for other countries to agree. You know, So um, it's great that he's not at the table, that he won't have a seat at the negotiating table. In yeah. a way, that's a good thing. John Oliver, um, I don't know if either of you watch <laughs> or if people listening or watching watch... Uh, Last, last night, today, today, tonight? Yeah, one, yeah, one of them with John Oliver. And he was kind of saying the same thing. He was kind of like, look, this may be a bit of a blessing in disguise because one, people are now uniting to just go against Trump because yeah. it's kind of like, you, Trump. Yeah. Um, but then he was kind of saying as well, he was like, it makes absolutely no sense for, like, he was saying, Russia's in this. North Korea is <laughs> part of the, like, North <laughs> Korea. Yeah. What made you North Korea I mean? sign up to it? Even not, even him, who's no, but they're not, they're not real. They're not really um, cooperative with world affairs, but they'll sign up to the Paris Agreement. Because but even yeah. Kim Jong Un, who's mad as a box of frogs, is kind of going, "Yeah, mm-hmm. this actually sounds a bit like I have to kind of pay attention." Yeah. Well, why do you think China is interested? You I know? mean, China is loving that they are now the world technology leaders in the low carbon transition. You yeah. know, they're installing and manufacturing solar powers exponentially. You know, compared to other countries, and and now Trump has handed them that technological advancement on a plate. Yeah. Here you go, China, take over. We're gonna go dig some coal out of a mine. Like when yeah, that, you know, when yeah. Exxon Mobil and and Shell are saying no, part the Paris Accord is a good good deal. Like you know, yeah, when exactly. them two companies are saying, you're kind of wondering, oh, okay, right, why are they, uh, kind of you wouldn't expect them to be saying it, so maybe we should listen. Like, yeah, but yeah. not Trump. So. Yeah. With the Paris Agreement, what does that mean then, like for the countries that did sign up to it? Did they? How often do they meet, and what do they discuss? So the Paris Agreement. I mean, you you almost have to worry when ExxonMobil is saying Paris Agreement is great because you know it's also an indication that maybe the Paris Agreement isn't ambitious enough or, you know, isn't going to actually result in fixing climate change and getting us off fossil fuels. So, you know, there's a lot of criticism of the Paris Agreement too, but all the Paris Agreement says is we're going to keep attempt to keep the world below two degrees of warming and ideally below 1.5 degrees of warming. And it doesn't mention fossil fuels. It doesn't say how we're going to do this. It's not legally binding. Um, so everybody who signed on, it's like, we're going to do our best to do this. But in fact, what countries have committed to, what they all came to the Paris Agreement before it was signed and said that they would do, would actually only keep us below about 3.7, 3.8 degrees of warming, which is, you know, pretty, would result in a lot of lives lost and a lot of islands underwater. And um, so... So it's not enough. Is that why Nicaragua... It's, it's not enough. No, they, um, they pulled out, didn't they? Because Nicaragua, it wasn't enough. No, it was Nicaragua. Somalia pulled out because of war. Maybe, yeah, Nicaragua maybe said it wasn't ambitious enough. It wasn't ambitious yeah. enough. So is that to be looked like? Are they to be 
applauded for that? Um, no, I think, I mean, we, we had to do something, you know, okay. and, and it, when they put in the Paris Agreement to try and keep the world below 1.5 degrees, you know, you might go, oh, wow, great. Like, they're really ramping up their ambition. But in fact, even if we turned off all the taps tomorrow um, and stopped burning fossil fuels, like, we've already locked in probably 1.6 degrees at this stage, you know. So it's almost impossible unless we can, like suck carbon out of the sky and pump it back into the ground, which we really, highly unlikely will be able to do that. Um, Isn't there a thing, though, that, like, where did I see it? Was it Switzerland or something that they've built, like... Carbon um, capture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Iceland has done it. It's called carbon capture. So it's like trying to take the carbon that you'd be pumping into the atmosphere as a result of burning, burning fossil fuels and put it back into the ground, which is how fossil fuel was made in the first mm. place um so and trap it into rocks and everything kind of. yeah so um it's been done successfully on a very small scale i think the best example is in iceland and right. it's um, because they have geothermal and they have um what kind of rock do they have basalt or something right. so they have been able to take carbon out of the atmosphere at a at an electricity plant you know, just the yeah. the emissions that they've generated, they've been able to capture again and and lock it into basalt. Um, but they use a ton of energy and a ton of water, a ton of fresh water to do that. Oh, okay. Um, so then you're creating another problem. Like we already have issues around freshwater resources, mm. and if we have to use it all to pump carbon into the ground, then what do we drink, you know? Um, the other probably most viable technology is this idea of cloud seeding, I think they call it, where they, they're talking about having giant ships that pump a ton of seawater into the air and basically create a very, very cloudy atmosphere. And then that would protect us from some of the heat from the sun. And that would protect us from climate change is, a little bit. Is that kind of, you know, sticking a plaster on something after it's already been cut, though, as yeah. opposed to saying, like, no, yeah, let, exactly. let's stop it from happening? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, having too much faith in these carbon capture technologies, which a lot of politicians love to talk about. Well, we'll just wait till carbon capture and storage comes in. Did you see your man last week, the, the Irish politician? I can't remember his name. And to be honest, his name's not really important because he was talking absolute pony, um, talking about wind farms and wind energy being, like, ridiculous. And, uh, you know. Oh, was it Michael Fitzmorris? Yeah, I know yeah. He, he's he's like the president of the turf quarters or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you know. he's really interesting. He, yeah, he was uh, at a there's a new climate denial forum has set up. They call themselves the climate Irish Climate Science Forum, and uh, the Irish climate they won't science. let people like me, environmental and climate scientists, into yeah, the meeting, actual, of course. But they let him scientists. into the last one. And what are his qualifications? Uh, nothing at all. He, he, he can full turf like, yeah. like mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, he at that meeting, apparently he asked, you know, what, what he asked the climate denying scientist who is Trump's future uh, climate advisor, you know, what, what can we say to these wacko people who don't believe in, cli- or who, who say that climate change is a problem? What, what can we say to them to, to tell them that they're wrong? You know, so he just... He wants to completely deny climate change, and this wind thing is is part of that denial, you know. And so he's going on about the subsidies for wind mm. and how expensive they are because they're they're going to go up because we ne- we need to sort this, yeah. uh, but not talking about the decades of subsidies we've paid to 
to peat burning, which is completely exactly. unprofitable, you know, but, but that's okay. But we can't subsidize yeah. wind, but we can subsidize peat, of course. Of course. Of course. Because, so, like, yeah. <laughs> so, so for people who don't know, basically, right, on anybody's electricity bill, there's a thing called a PSO levy. Mm. That's a public service obligation levy. So that's what they're saying is going to go up because that's how they subsidize energy, right? So this lad was saying, oh, wind isn't actually sustainable because the amount of money, it but as you said, turf and pea yeah. and all it's like and i wouldn't sure. mind but at least like wind is renewable turf not so much yeah so you know yeah yeah he's an absolute tick yeah well <laughs> he, he has an agenda i think yeah. which you know you, you... what is his yeah. agenda to because he's keep like the keep, keep, to keep the, the, the turf going the turf like. cutting going because it's his yeah. constituency so i mean we would be better off giving all of those people working pe- burning power stations 50 grand a year to do nothing yeah. That you know that we're not making enough money to justify paying these people to run this thing, and then we're ripping up this fabulous carbon sink, mm. you know, well, just to also, keep them employed. I'd rather just hand them a check to do nothing. Yeah. It's also yeah. interesting though that you tend to you know them people who like have those anti wind farm stickers on their car or signs outside their gaff. I always find that they're quite close to a turf bog, like mm. just you know. A, a general observation yeah, interesting. there. Interesting, yeah. I've never, uh, never yeah. noticed that. But You don't tend to see them in the city. You tend to see... Well, obviously, because the lads in the city aren't near wind farms, but yeah. you know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't see why people object to wind farms. I don't get it. Like, yeah, I personally don't, because I find them quite pretty, but, you know... I think they're I, deadly to look at. I don't have to... I don't yeah. live right next to one. and you know, I have gone up to them and, and, yeah, and yeah. stood right next to them to see, you know, is it really that noisy? Do I feel no. sick? There's a little buzz, but... There is. Not, it's apparently, not. it's the same decibels as your refrigerator. So if you have a problem yeah. with your refrigerator running in your household, that then a wind turbine could be yeah. <laughs> annoying. There's, you know, maybe people do. You know, I shouldn't... I don't want to make that judgment call. I don't mm-hmm. think people should have to live right next to wind turbines that they're not benefiting from. And I think this is where we got it so, so wrong. Like in Scotland, they have had no problem. People have embraced wind energy. And the difference is that the communities own Mm. the the wind turbines. And so when they see the blades spinning, they get money in their bank account. And what we have done is we've let cowboy developers buy up all the permits for wind farms. And they're the only Doesn't sound like Ireland. I know. Shocker. Shocker. And so people get no benefit, but they have to look at them. And that's so unfair. Like there are some I know that like have community funds from certain companies and that Mm. kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, there are other ones that, as you said, like it's, jobs for the boys kind of thing that they've bought up the land and yeah a, and they're few and far between i mean there's a few that get like a gaa club in exchange mm. for having to look but what we need is community owned power and there is an example in i think temple temple dairy they managed okay. to do it but it took them like 10 years yeah. and there's loads of other communities that that are in line to to, to develop but they're mm. stuck behind all these cowboys who are just sitting on permits and not yeah. releasing them and you know so they so the communities can't sell into the grid and can't develop and, yeah. Know. No, definitely with that. Yeah, I suppose. But in terms of if people want to see, there's a deadly example. If you're driving down the M7, it's just before that Barack Obama Plaza. Mm. There's a whole oh, yeah. batch on there. They look class because you're like, like you get to see the size of them and that. Because usually yeah. you see them, they're miles they're really away. Close, yeah. Mm. But it's class looking, I think. 
<laughs> I think it is. Well, I like that it's not something I'm breathing in. I mean, what bothers me, but peat burning and fossil, like any fossil mm. fuel, has an air quality implication. Yeah. And then, like we know now in Ireland that there's 2,000 deaths a year as a result of air quality. 2,000. Yeah, as a result of air quality problems. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's very high. And the, the UK, it's way higher. Like, it's off the charts yeah. in the UK. Um, and some of that is a result of cars, and some of that is a result of just wood burning, peat burning, fossil fuel burning. Yeah. You know, so I would much rather see a wind turbine and know my lungs aren't being affected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Or a solar panel. If you could colour them, paint them your own colour instead of white. Why, why would you want to just give it back to the community and let them do a graffiti it would just end up being the county colours for the GAA <laughs> yeah. like it would yeah, it just would. All maybe people would like thing. that better though yeah, they were their county a bit of, st- a bit of uh, street art or yeah. community yeah. ownership <laughs> yeah. on the wind turbines it's not a bad idea yeah. Yeah. or you know solar panels would be obvious oh, like why you know we don't how does every new build in the country not just have solar panels it's funny thought, like. when i'm when i'm giving talks and i say you know why do you think we don't have solar panels in this country and everybody laughs at me like as if they think the answer is so obvious it's because yeah. the weather is so crap but actually we have 80 percent of the solar radiance of italy and we have this added advantage that that we get rainfall and so the solar panels are constantly washed so it's they don't dust. get dusty yeah. and they they actually operate more f- efficiently that way so we're perfect candidates for solar, and the only reason we don't have solar is because the government won't pay to feed into the grid. We don't which have a is, price, which is just, yeah. you know, they could wake up tomorrow and set a price for solar and accept solar, and we would have solar farms. Two hours up the road to Belfast, yeah. and you can do it up there. They yeah. have the, they have the refit know, scheme, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's no big deal. Like, just do it, you know. Jobs for the boys. <laughs> you do see a, a couple of uh, new houses with them on the roof. I yeah, they, they yeah. use them for their hot water and stuff. Like even that—that's yeah. a start. But yeah, as you said, if people could sell it back to the grid yeah. or whatever, that's well, a we need our like incentive. every livestock shed should have solar panels on it. Yeah, um, every school should have solar panels yeah. on it, and and a school can't justify putting solar panels on because they're closed on weekends and holidays. So they have to be able to sell back to the grid to get their mm. their payback on that, you know. So there are obvious ones that we should have yeah. solar panels on, and then we, yeah, we should be moving to where houses are putting in solar PV and heat pumps, and they're mm. like stop subsidizing boilers. We need to go fossil fuel free. We need yeah. solar and photo solar photovoltaic and heat pumps, which generate electric heat. So our government isn't doing enough, though. No, no, no. And is there anyone? Other than the Green Party, um, any, well, they might have a bit of a resurgence in the next general election in terms of getting maybe three or four seats. But is there anyone in the, the main parties like Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, Sinn Féin, or any of them? Is there anyone, do they have any priority? Connecting the dots. <laughs> yeah, do they have any priority to uh, climate change? Well, it's interesting. Leo Varadkar said that their, his very first cabinet meeting, the very first topic was going to be climate change. And we went, whoa, that like that would be revolutionary for Fina Gale because mm. Enda Kenny has been a complete disaster on climate change. Yeah. Is, he, is he a denier, Enda Kenny? No, but I, I would feel better if he was, <laughs> because, really? because it would be a reason why he hasn't done anything. I mean, okay. I mean, he in, yeah. in Paris, he got up on the stage and made this great speech about how important climate change was, and we all need to do our fair share. And then he got off the stage and said to the journalists, the Irish journalists, "Now, lads, I didn't really mean that. You know, be sure be sure to tell the folks back home that I don't mean Ireland's going to do anything." 
Yeah, and then that was in yeah. The Independent. Like, Paul Melia wrote an article about yeah. it. It was shocking behavior, and it was yeah. deeply embarrassing. Well, so he can't upset the boys in Mayo who vote for him who are cutting the door yeah. flight. Like, he can't upset yeah. the Haiti so. Reyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the boys. Yeah, so... Um, so traditionally, Fina Gael has definitely not, um, and Fina Fall hasn't been great either, but mm. we are in a situation of new politics now. And so there's been some really interesting developments because we d- we've disrupted the power base. We don't yeah. have a Fina Gael or Fianna Fáil majority. And a lot of people have said, oh, it's chaos. Nothing's getting done in government. But from our experience in Friends of the Earth, that it's complete opposite. We have banned fracking which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Um, we have uh, gotten the government to agree to divest from fossil fuels. So they're taking all their money um, from the Strategic Investment Fund out of fossil fuels. We're the first country in the world to do that. Wouldn't have happened if we weren't in this unusual political situation. So, you know, we're we're starting to, to see a shift for the first mm. time ever. And, and it's because we don't have Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil holding... The majority, majority party, power. you know, and they so what they're having to compromise. So Fianna Fáil, you know, backed the fracking ban. I mean, the fracking ban ended up going through unanimously. It was put through by a Fianna Gael TD, uh, which is unusual, yeah. you know. Um, and same with the Strategic Investment Fund. Looks like it'll go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's only because they have to compromise now. How hard was the fracking campaign? Um, well, I, I think people in Leitrim really drove it, a campaign called Love Leitrim. And so it was a long struggle for them a number of years. But actually, when it came time to get to the doll and turn into legislation, it's been fairly quick. Like, it's been less than two years, maybe a year and a half. Can you just describe to our listeners as well? Because I, I would say there's a few of them that might know what fracking is. Yeah. Just the brief, what, sure. what is fracking? So it's uh, hydraulic fracturing is the technical term. So they use a cocktail of chemicals with water uh, at high pressure to break up rock to access gas um, in, in different places. And the problem with it, I mean, we would we would say gas is kind of a transition fuel. It's a little bit cleaner than than traditional fossil fuels. Um, But the problem with fracking is that the companies won't disclose what's in this chemical cocktail. And very easily, because it's already in water, it very easily gets into drinking water systems and underground reservoirs and contaminates local drinking water. So we have seen evidence in the United States of people's drinking water being completely ruined as a result of fracking. Um, Is that in Michigan? Did I hear something about that, or is that separate? Things, I, mean, I know Pennsylvania has had problems, and I think Oklahoma. And Oklahoma has had double the amount of earthquakes now, which they think is a Since result fracking. of fracking, because it's obviously yeah, disrupting yeah. the, the geology. Really? Yeah, so there's a lot of um, implications to fracking. There's obviously something in the chemicals because they won't they won't reveal. Yeah. There's obviously they're hiding something. Proprietary. Yeah. So, I mean, you wouldn't drink whatever it is. You wouldn't drink it. Yeah. You know, it goes into drinking water, and so... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, it's pretty nasty. You were saying there about the, the people of Leitrim. On the lads. That's the only decent thing Leitrim have done since the one Eurovision for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, Regal Martin. <laughs> um, <coughs> you said there about uh, the government have started to move away from any funding with fossil fuels and all that kind of thing. Does that mean people who converted to diesel cars when they were told that diesel cars were good are now goosed? Uh, well, for the Strategic Investment Fund, it doesn't because the Strategic Investment Fund is about where Ireland invests like oh, the sorry, pension okay, fund right. or whatever. So, um, but for the diesel thing, 
it's yeah it's looking like you definitely wouldn't want to buy a new diesel now it would right. be a big mistake um it's mostly to do with air quality. So diesel now has been really implicated in air quality, asthma, you know, long, respiratory related illness and death. Really? Yeah. Um, so there was a big move to toward diesel vehicles because they were lower emission and maybe better for climate change. But people didn't realize how dirty they were from an air quality and public health point of view. So now there's a move across the world in places like Paris and everything to just ban Bandle. them from cities yeah. because you can't have people breathing in the crap that they're spewing. And, and then you have companies like Volkswagen flat out lying about just how yeah. bad, you know, these vehicles are. Like how did they, like I know they got a bit of a hefty fine and all that, but to me it seems like they've, they've completely just dodged all the bullets yeah. from that. Yeah, in the US they're getting hit quite hard, okay. um, but they seem to be getting away with it in I, Europe because of course they're German right and yeah. who, who has the power in Europe yeah so so nobody's really there's one woman taking them to court I think in Mayo isn't she oh, go on, yeah, go Mayo. on. Yeah. Yeah. hope she lashes yeah, them out yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so then right and I, I, the whole um, like you were saying like so it's right diesels have lower road tax because of the whole I'm going to get this wrong. Thing. Yeah, it's what is this carbon per CO2 per something or other. Yeah. So that bit's kind of true, but the problem is that what they do emit is going to wreck people's health. Yeah, well, we, we thought the first bit was true, but of okay. course now we're not sure because they all were, oh, you know, all they were lying. Me. Yeah, so, um, but generally you would expect them to be better fuel efficiency. I think only for long distances, though. They're not really meant for city driving. No, you're not meant to be just like popping down the shops. No, and them, yeah. so, but if you're commuting yeah, like mad. Yeah, yeah, but they are really... Really dirty. It's really dirty fuel. So. Dirty diesel. I remember that from yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine. Dirty, dirty diesel. diesel. Yeah. See, yeah. 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 You think you should have been advising the government. Yeah. <laughs> now, hang on, lads. Hang on. I remember, I remember this from Thomas the Tank Engine. There was definitely something about diesel. <laughs> Go back and watch that episode. Yeah. Ringo Starr will make it all all right. Um, what's kind of... Because friends of Earth, then, are basically trying to fight the good fight. So, like, what what's happening at the moment? What's the, the biggest thing for you guys at the moment? Uh, we're fighting for a price for solar because okay. we really want to see solar farms and solar schools. and make, uh, So that's part of it. So we tend to focus on clean energy versus dirty energy. And so yeah. we're fighting the dirty energy fight. So obviously we really think peat burning needs to stop ASAP. Right. We need to transition these people into clean jobs instead of peat burning factories. Uh, Money Point Coal burning power plant needs to stop. Uh, and then there's a new one coming down the pipeline, which you can watch, which is a, an LPG uh, liquid gas um, station that they want to build in Shannon. Okay. Uh, and you would go, gas, okay, it's transition fuel, it's cleaner, you know, this is great. Um, we need we need to stop getting gas from Russia, <laughs> you know. So yeah, uh, that's all great. But the problem is the plan will be to take fracked gas from the U.S., um, oh. pump it, you know, drive it across the Atlantic, pump it in through this new LPG plant in Shannon, and then send it up to the rest of Europe. Um, Is it not... Fracking gas. Fracked gas. Right, so are we not... So we just ban fracking and leitrim, but we're going to accept fracking gas from America. Is that not... Yeah, can we not... Is it not a case there of better the devil you know? Like, rather than start saying, yeah, we're going to ban fracking, 
but we're definitely yeah. buying that stuff that's just being fracked yeah. over there. Like. Well, it's a, a you know, or to say it's just because it's, it's Russia. It's an indication and, of jo- lack of joined up thinking. Or now, it, look, the the Shannon plant hasn't gone through yet, but this right. is something that we'll be really heavily trying to block. Over What's the difference here in taking what? frack gas in the U.S.? Yeah, not in our backyard. Yeah, yeah, it's not our water that's getting contaminated. You know, mm-hmm. it's the yeah. U.S. Yeah. Now, hopefully, it won't it won't come to that. And I, I mean, that's really. Would you approve of that? No. no. The, the whole thing is that we will be trying to block this from happening. They're fighting you know? against so that. So we're going to fight it, yeah. Keep up, Grant. Yeah. I know. I was, I was just I'm so confused as to Leitrim successfully helping uh, the country ban fracking. Yeah. yeah. And then, Hold on. No, we'll just get fracking gas from America. Right. Yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of pressure f- coming from Europe actually to to find an alternative to Russian gas, and so that Europe has, I mean, a lot of these trade agreements you may have heard of TTIP and CETA and everything yeah. have been about getting gas from from America from North America because pe- people feel very insecure about being dependent on Russian gas. You know, really, we need to be getting off. And gas Russia just has altogether. loads of gas. Yeah, and of course, yeah. as the permafrost melts, they're able to access more of their gas. So they, you know, it's amazing the links between Russia and climate change and getting Trump elected. Like they're all very, very interconnected. Russia has a has an interest in in stopping action on climate change, in getting their permafrost to melt so they can access gas, so that they can um, so that is, they is can Putin grow. Well, whether or not he denies, I don't know, but he certainly it would be in his best interest to let climate change progress. So was he just. When, when Russia say that I know like, incredible isn't it <laughs> like, so when, when Russia are like oh yeah no we're in the Paris Agreement is that just kind of a wink and a nod like yeah. as if to say <laughs> yeah, yeah we are uh, no yeah, yeah no they very much um, want it well they Graphic. I mean they could say gas is a transition fuel and so yeah. it's not a not as dirty as the other fossil fuels but I mean certainly they have a lot of land that's under frozen ground right now that will become agricultural land as a result of melting permafrost but that yeah. that has problems as well, then surely though, isn't it? Like like even just like more farming means more hang on, I'm trying to remember what the term I'm not very good at remembering stuff at all. But like, the, if you the cow you, things. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, well that too. But, like, but if you like over farm land, obviously it becomes a problem in itself because you, like the whole thing of them like say ripping down trees and all that like mm-hmm. and then that being used for farming but then yeah. that obviously comes with its own problem so it's not going to be the same issue here just with, without trees because yeah there's no yeah <laughs> i don't know where i'm going with this i'm gonna be honest everything's connected maybe <laughs> like, i know the point in my head i'm trying yeah. to make i just can't get my brain to actually okay. say it like well i mean food is the big issue right because we're gonna right. have we're gonna have nine billion people on this earth you which know? is mental yeah and and we have to feed them right so how do we feed them and so and actually for the first time ever we're seeing arable land declining uh as a result of drought and sea level rise and all sorts of climatic reasons um so if if arable land is declining and our population is growing yeah how do we feed them you know where does the food come from and it's so looking it's like it's going to come from russia maybe greenland yeah. <laughs> Right then. So is this where we basically need some sort of Hunger Games to call a load of people? Oh, <laughs> because like yeah. right now we no. see that as a quick fix. Yeah. Russia know what they're doing, don't they? I think they know what they're Snakes. doing. Yeah. Snakes. Yeah. Snakes, I was just yeah. saying that before you came in, I was watching the Putin interviews with Oliver Stone. Mm-hmm. They're on Sky Atlantic over the last two weeks. Um, and Putin, like he's, he, he's so interesting in a way. Not that I agree with any mm-hmm. of his sentiments, but... Like, you can see him really manipulating some other countries to believe in 
what they want to believe for his game like. yeah. mm. and doing it so convincingly but, like he's, and he's, so easy he's a fascinating figure in the sense that like he definitely 100% is just like like an out and out politician in the sense of it's kind of like yeah look here look here look here look here look here <laughs> yeah. but everything is going on over here yeah yeah yeah, yeah big time like 100% that's what he's doing yeah. big time yeah um, Carol what is the story with plastic, ah, plastic yeah gosh. because the entire story like <laughs> no from start to finish <laughs> from start to finish because I have a question right I let's say if I have a a Volvic bottle Mm-hmm. That I keep reusing. Any, any bottle of water, you don't particularly need any to buy bottle of water. Clubs. Like a product placement. Yeah, like a once-off bottle that you get in the shop. Yeah, basically. but yeah. I keep reusing it and reusing yeah. it and reusing it. Bad idea. Bad yeah. idea. Bad yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Hell. So those bottles are not designed for reuse. They're single-use bottles, um, and so that means that the plastic isn't really designed to last. And it's full of chemicals, chemicals like um, BPA, which is a known endocrine disruptor. So it messes with um, your hormones. It's known to cause cancer, developmental issues, um, and they leach out of the plastic. So it would be safer for you to drink a glass of tap water than it is to drink water out of those bottles if the water's been sitting in the bottle for a long time. When was the last time you replaced the bottle on your work desk, Graham? There's one sitting there... <laughs> longer than two weeks anyway yeah so you need uh, yeah you need I'll have to get you one of these I have, I have a one of these recyclable yeah, friendly yeah, bottles a nice little glass one with your name on oh, look at that <laughs> look at that got very, that at a hen party very so, fancy yeah not even like an eco thing yeah. Yeah. at a hen party yeah yeah so that's glass is it that's glass yeah because I have a, I have one at home that's like a plastic beaker yeah. So what's the difference between the plastics in, say, a bottle of water you'd buy in the shop than a Well, than so you can get certain plastic bottles, not all, but you can look for ones that are BPA-free. Um, so like Tupperware does BPA. They don't. They have, they stopped putting BPA in their in their plastics in twenty twenty ten. Don't be talking to me about Tupperware. Oh, you don't like Tupperware? Do oh you? no, no, I love Tupperware. Oh, okay. That's the problem. Okay. Can't go into Tesco without buying a new Jesus <laughs> yeah, Tupperware. Yeah, like but they're probably not BPA free. You need the like proper Tupperware. But it says it at the bottom, doesn't it? Some of them do. Do they say BPA free? I haven't looked. No. Okay, I, well, I never even heard of BPA until you said. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, it says thing. BPA on the bottom of the bottles, doesn't it? Not if it has it in there. Okay. Only if it. If it's BPA-free, it usually will say. I know the brand. It's Systema. Okay. Because apparently they're good. Because, like, you know. Look them up. So I'm going to have to check now. So the European Chemical Agency this week just announced that BPA is a toxic substance and we need to start uh, phasing it out of particularly food and beverage containers. So when I reheat my chicken fried rice for work. I'm yeah. Jesus poisoning myself. Yeah. Oh, and it's God. not from it's it not from me cooking, Graham. It's, it's not from me cooking. Do what your mom said and put it on a plate. <laughs> Proper plate. Telling you. Yeah, you got to be careful with plastic. Plastics so. are scaring me now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Especially you know, here. And then you they don't go away weeks. either. Like the, that plastic bottle is going to stay in the environment for millions of years and just break down into smaller and smaller pieces and yeah. then it gets eaten by fish and then we eat the fish and now we've got the plastic in our stomach and vicious cycle yeah so what do we do with plastics then what like would you like to say, uh, it's just the bpa well no i think there's other chemicals in plastic too that you know and the fact that it just doesn't really go away to begin with yeah. you know we need to move away from plastic we need to move away from anything that's really a throwaway product everything we need to think of everything as having a second life you know so whatever is waste becomes the fuel for the next 
product. So if you can't redesign it into something else, yeah. you shouldn't be using it. I always thought with the whole bottle scenario, the bottle of water scenario, when I was reusing it and reusing it and reusing it, and people yeah. saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. I was thinking, yeah, but then I'll just buy another bottle. Yeah. And it's making them money. Yeah, get get a, ni- get a nice... Glass. Yeah. Proper glass or metal or or a eco Tupperware eco-friendly. bottle. Eco-friendly. You could probably Google yeah, eco-friendly. Yeah. I should have brought you in. I have some from Tupperware that are the eco bottles. I'll bring you one. Yes. He only brought this up to scab a free bottle. Off, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> environmental friendly bottle. That's why, like, when you, when you look at a bottle of water and it has an expiry date on it, that's not the water that's going to expire. It's the bottle. Oh, yeah. I know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that should be a clue to you that, like... Actually, no, I didn't know that. Did you not? No. Yeah, think about it. It's an expiry date in water. Yeah, you look at right. So right, we'll take Volvic since though that's the brand you said, right? Yeah. Like they claim that they're layered through thousands of years of volcanic rock and all this yeah. sort of stuff, right? So why would I have an expiry date? Yeah. Oh man. Tell you. And the Lucasade bottles too. All of those, you know, it's not just water. Yeah, no. it's a conspiracy. It is. We need to get Gordon Rothery. Cara's an ex- uh, uh, conspiracy theorist. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> It always baffles me on um, watching, say, Prime Time or Question Time or any of these. Very exciting life affairs. you have, man. No, but any type of these current affairs programs, and they're talking about climate change, but they don't have any of you guys on it. Yeah, the last one, did you see the Claire Byrne one? Yeah, I've seen it. It was so annoying. It was awful, yeah. Yeah, yeah never called us. Never called anyone who might actually have qualifications to talk about these God things. God forbid you get somebody with a qualification. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like, yeah. And then ask the two climate deniers, so do you believe? Do you believe? It's like, mm-hmm. why, why does their opinion matter? Why don't you ask them, do they understand the climate science, yeah. not do they believe in the climate yeah. science? But what annoys me as well is when you see them things, they're always the same. Yeah. It's all because the deniers just, you know, run riot like. But I never hear why, I never hear the deniers explain why they're denying it. It's just saying. They just the, say, the only I just one, don't feel like it. Yeah. yeah the they only actually deny it. They deny it. The only one. I've <laughs> by a, a roundabout way. Yeah. Yeah. The only one I've ever heard who like, or the only excuse or whatever that they give a reason is that it's kind of like, sure, haven't we had ice ages before oh, and yeah. haven't we heated up before yeah. and it goes in cycles and and yeah. you're going like, yeah, all right, <laughs> but like they, you know, it's yeah. we're talking about man-made, man made man you know, like, but yeah. it's real insulting to the people uh, like yourself. Who have studied this for years? Who have spent twelve years in university and don't get the call? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, not even, yeah. not, not even yeah. that. Not even yeah. that. But yeah. it's 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 uh, insulting that a denier who is denying it with no stat. Yeah, it's just they don't want to believe it. Yeah, where you have the evidence to yeah. prove otherwise. And a lot of times they can they can outperform you in a debate so they can get very personal or yeah. um, or they can throw out some statistic or, or quote that of course you've never heard of because you can't possibly have read everything that exists and and so how do you respond to that? You haven't read it. If you know if you say, well I haven't read that then mm. people automatically think, well how come he knows this and you don't? You know but then you go back after the after the interview and you realize that they've completely misinterpreted some quote or yeah. you know um, so it's very hard. I mean, even top scientists won't go into a climate denial debate because they're like, it's pointless. You don't come out looking like you win, even if you know that you know the science and they don't, yeah. you know? And so it, it's very hard to get people to go up against these guys. It's that whole thing of don't argue with an idiot because you'll go down to their level, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, we talk- it's so annoying, though, because the, the facts are there. Like. Yeah. We, we we talked a little bit about kind of the Irish government and now that Leo Thatcher Varadkar 
Leo Thatcher. Keep doing that. <laughs> Keep doing that. Now that Leo is the gaffer and that he apparently has prioritised all this, when we look across the water and you see that the DUP are potentially kingmakers. Yeah, we have plans to the left of us and jokers to the right. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> like, right, so the DUP, we all know yeah. what the DUP are like, yeah. but are kind of like friends of Earth and, and other social organisations looking at it and going, oh, you're joking. Yeah, yeah, it was a tough week when, yeah, (laughs) you know, at first when the elections came out, I think we were all going, new politics, new politics, we're going to ban fracking, we're going to, you know, in the UK, (laughs) and then when the DUP, then it was like, oh, you've got to be kidding, you know, what is going on here, but, I mean, the Tories are just not reading the voters at all, like, the voters sent a very clear signal of moving left, yeah. And what did the Tories do? They go into partnership with the most right-wing extremists they can find. So, you know, the Tories are going to be gone any minute now, I think. Yeah. Like, they're not going to last. So uh, and they're, they're certainly not going to pull out of the Paris Agreement. Um, yeah. The DUP will tone down their climate denial rhetoric. You know, I think I think all of them will have to move a little more towards centre to uh, be in government. I wonder if the DUP will try to sue any more museums. That's my favourite DUP thing. Did they tr- what? What was that? Yeah, oh, I think it was. Oh, yeah. There was, there was the warden on a pamphlet, wasn't it? It was, um, was it the Belfast? Like, it was some history museum up north, anyway, in Northern Ireland. And um, they were doing a exhibition on evolution. Mm-hmm. And the DUP tried to sue them for not doing something on creationism. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, you know, um, but maybe this will rally the masses. I mean, I, I think Trump has been really good for climate action. I think he's really brought a lot of attention to something that desperately needed yeah and i think danny healy ray is great for climate attention you know and michael o'leary yeah like we needed a villain and now we have a villain michael Michael o'leary yeah ryan there yeah he he got on the front pages for denying climate change the other day yeah really i love the way all these kind of guys with no qualifications get on the front page for denying climate change but you never see Anybody yeah, with any climate, like some of our premier climate scientists, never get on the front page for saying like, yeah, anything course, about like, climate. Who are educated. Yeah. <laughs> so what was O'Leary saying? Well, he just didn't believe it, you know. Of course not sure. He just happens to have yeah, how many yeah. jets in the sky yeah, yeah. that happen to burn yeah. how much yeah, fuel. Yeah, of course. Like, he can't, like, I would be surprised if he would believe in it, because then yeah. how would he sleep at night, you know? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. What, yeah. what is the answer for air travel in terms of climate change? Yeah, that's a really tough one. So that, that's other sectors probably have to do more because we haven't cracked air travel. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some things we can do around fuel efficiency and aircraft design to try and get the efficiency down, but there's still it is the worst thing you Solar. can do. I mean, if you think our average carbon footprint in Ireland is 12 tons of carbon per person, you take a transatlantic flight, um, that's three or four tons of carbon, you know. Per flight? Yeah, one flight. Jeez, I'm just looking at that flight plan app. Oh, you see all the planes yeah, in the sky at yeah, the one time. Yeah. Mantle. Yeah, and Ireland owns the leases on, like, a majority of the world's aircraft, so we're, you know... We have a lot to say, I think, on... Mm. on we do, do yeah, we? Yeah, there's some weird leasing thing where a lot of the world's aircrafts are actually registered in mm. Ireland. Like, yeah. the, the one thing I'll say, though, and yeah. like kind of the, the positive, though, is that you do see a lot of the large companies now starting to move towards, like, wanting everything greener or, like, wanting, like... So, like, I know there was a big thing about, say, Amazon and their data yeah. centers, and they wanted yeah. to be, like, supplied 100% by green energy Oh, they're and all getting this. it. Everybody's getting it, yeah. you know, except so, a few people you know like yeah. the last dinosaurs basically but i mean you look at unilever unilever gets circular economy like nobody else i mean mm. they are they are all about this idea of like not having 
plastic one-off stuff and reusing and you know moving away from a disposable economy and like so they're yeah. they kind of they they get the direction we need to go and that's why they were also upset when trump pulled out the paris agreement because hmm. they're heading toward this direction because they think it's a business opportunity and it is going to be a business opportunity in the rest of the world but maybe not in the u.s if trump is blocking you know yeah yeah we're um, just about out of time with you. I've got a question, is, though. Yeah, go. That's exactly why I've done this now. Um, <laughs> every time. Every time, without fail. Um, Cara, your, your own house at home, okay? What? You better not be asking, can you move in? Can I move in? Absolutely. I need a good man in my life. <laughs> well, you're lucky I'm free. You should see my house before you move in In comparison to, say... The normal house. Uh-huh. I mean, what is in your house um, that's helping to run your house efficiently to help, say, the environment? Or is it? Or Yeah, well, I'm not going to hold my hand up and say that I have the perfect house. I have yeah. a 1950s semi-detached that absolutely leaks heat left, right and center, you know? So... Yeah. Uh, so it's it's high impact, like all our houses, I think, are. But we've insulated, right? So we've insulated the attic as much as we can. We still need to insulate the walls. And that's the very first thing you can do with a house is just insulate it. Um, and then the next thing to do, which I just don't have the money to do, is to move toward this solar PV system. So get rid mm. of the boiler and electrify the heating. You know, And I have actually, in parts of the house, electrified as much as I can um, and moved away from gas. But, it's, but um, there's only one company in Ireland right now that's doing what they call deep energy ret- retrofit. They're called Superhomes Ireland. And I think they're saying on average it's about 10 grand for your kind of average House. 100 square meter semi-D. Um, and they would completely insulate the walls and attic and I think convert to solar PV. Um, so, you know, it's a bit of cash to, yeah, to, yeah, to, to I, I think it might've been 20 grand or something. And that's the average, like that's for a kind of an average size house or a small house. Um, so, but that's the way we need to move, you know, is to, is to kind of skip all this fossil fuel stuff, mm, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's it really. And then, so it's really about cutting down on how much you use first and foremost in terms of energy and then, and then yeah. trying to see what can you unplug your Jesus charger, lads. Yeah, that's the, like, that, 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 well. Actually, right changing now. the light bulbs to LEDs would just save a ton. Yeah, that's all. Ton yeah. of, so that's one too. But and are LEDs lights expensive? Expensive? No, they've no, really come really, down, no. and the technology is great. And they're not like I changed a lot of mine halogen lights um, because they were fire hazards. Like they, you know, they get really, really hot, and they yeah. potentially catch fire. And so the LEDs don't give off any heat. And, they're great and they barely use any electricity at all so your bills go down i mean all of these things are win-win because your bills go way down so you know that's great yeah no brainers yeah Yeah. no brainer yeah i I think that's the case with all climate stuff actually everything we need to do is pretty much win-win and results in a better quality of life so why not just do it and the only reason people don't do it is because they fear change (laughs) i watched a documentary recently on nat geo and it was all about um, houses in kind of being run naturally and like just there was a house in um, Arizona and it was kind of built in the mountain and it had its own running lake and but, but the guy had some machines in the lake that was drinkable water and he was, it was just a great there was there was loads of different houses that were yeah. um, environmentally friendly and all just done by uh, made by the people that own it I'm going to try and find out the name of the documentary. Sounds really cool. Post, post the link there. Yeah. 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 
Um, Carla, we, we love having you on because you, you educate, but you're also scared to show you down. That's going to be my tag. I'd like yeah. to inspire too. Yeah. Educate and inspire. Yeah. And scared to show you down. And scared to show you down as well, yeah. Keep up the great yeah. work. Thanks. Do keep, keep fighting keep the good fight. Keep up the great fighting. work too. And um, I don't think we've, we've talked about, I know we, we hit you up on social media, but congratulations on the awards last year. Oh, wait, wait, was this the, the Vernon Yank one? Yeah. Oh, right. Was that after I saw it? I thought, I, oh. No, we saw you like a month or so before. before yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. well done. Yeah. You look great yeah. at the circus team thing. Oh, that was a bit embarrassing. You know, I only dressed in a costume because I didn't think I would win. And I thought, and then, yeah, and I thought well, I might get a, a spot prize for best costume. <laughs> and then, Mordo. <laughs> and I was like the only person in costume. Yeah. We're yeah. going to use that. <laughs> I thought everyone was, was too dressed up, no? They, they said they were, but they didn't. So I looked like classic, a complete classic turkey. Irish. Classic prank. <laughs> classic <laughs> Irish people. <laughs> Fancy dresses. Oh, no. <laughs> Just hell yeah. her. Yeah. So we're definitely going to use that photo of you to oh, plug yeah, this episode. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so if people aren't already following you or if people want to hear more of me or learn more of me, etc., etc., where can okay, they get so it all? They can Google the Verdant Yank and uh, they go to my website, which is caraagustenborg.com, and I'm on Twitter as C. Augustenborg and on Facebook as Cara Augustenborg Green. Brilliant. Deadly. We'll have to do this every year now. That's going to have to be Yeah, a, it's a yearly yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And next time we'll have loads more questions because we didn't even get to talk about like the oh. whole, you know. We talked about polar bears before though. We did talk a little bit about polar bears, but we didn't get an update on them. And we definitely didn't talk about the whole ice-free <laughs> Arctic thing as well. That scares the shit out of me, to be okay. honest with you. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to call this like scary chats yeah. around Danny with, car or something yeah, with have me back for Halloween I'll totally scare the shit out of you, you know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> there, yeah, we yeah. there we go there we go guest booked <laughs> yes <laughs> Deadly. Well, look Cara cool. thanks again for coming in yeah, and um, yeah nice. we'll look forward to having you back on Deadly. Me too. thank thanks, you Cara. thanks brilliant yeah thanks very much Cara um, lovely lovely lady that's it for us for this week and we'll be back next week as always lads but we're there every single week or even not even every week you can tune into us whenever you want because everything's on demand on we iTunes. did that live as well Dan we did on, on Facebook I'm not sure how it went yeah I'm not sure Um, but yeah look we're there every single week lads on iTunes on Stitcher on Podbean Podcast Republic Podcast Addict anywhere and everywhere just search WTS Pod and we're there facebook.com forward slash WTS Pod Ireland Twitter at WTS Pod and you'll find us there as well I'm at Dan Joe Murray I'm at Mary Mania everywhere anywhere everywhere and anywhere but lads it's been great having you listen until next week clear eyes full hearts can't lose too sweet, too sweet. <laughs>